0: After ascending the mountain and speaking with the Lord, the face of Moses shines miraculously. Because of this God-given radiance, he, he veils his face whenever he appears among the people. A reading from the book of Exodus. Moses came down from Mount Sinai. As he came down from the mountains with the two tablets of the covenant in his hand, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face was shining, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke with them. Afterwards, all the Israelites came near And he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, the Israelites would see the face of Moses, that the skin on his face was shining And Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
1: The psalm appointed for this morning is Psalm 99, found on page 3 of your service leaflet. Please stand and sing. Please be seated we never we need never lose heart if by god 's mercy, we have been called to be a follower of jesus god 's glory will be revealed in all its fullness to those who are christ's disciples. A reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians since then we have such a hope we act with great boldness, not like Moses who put a veil over his face to keep people of Israel from gazing at the end of glory that was being set aside. But their minds were hardened. Indeed, to this very day that we hear the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil is still there, since only in Christ is it set aside. Indeed, to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their minds, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us, with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though refre- reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image of one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. Therefore, since it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry, we do not lose heart. We have renounced the shameful things that one hides. We refuse to practice cunning or to falsify God's word, but by the open state statement of truth we commend ourselves to the conscience of everyone in the sight of God. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Amen. Holy Gospel of our Savior, Jesus
2: Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and went up on the mountain to pray. While he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to Jesus. not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them. And they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my Son, my Chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent. And in those days told no one of the things they had seen. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him. Just then a man from the crowd shouted, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son. He is my only child. Suddenly a spirit seizes him, and all at once he shrieks. It convulses him until he foams at the mouth. It mauls him and will scarcely leave him. I beg your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, You faithless and perverse generation, how much longer must I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. While he was coming, the demon dashed him to the ground in convulsions. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And all were astounded at the greatness of, the, of God. The gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. Christ. Holy Spirit of God. Reveal to us, Yourself, the Father, and the Son, in ways that we can receive and understand. Amen. Please receive. We pray to Him. We ask Him to be with us, to live and move and have His being within us. We want Him to heal us, body, mind, and spirit. We expect that he is gone to prepare a place for us. It's the promise. We want him in final things to come and receive us again, and to take us where he is. Who in the heck is this Jesus? Early on in the chapter of Luke's Gospel from which our text comes today, Herod, hearing, hearing of the great works that Jesus is doing, asked this question. Who is this about whom I hear such things? Herod is obviously perplexed. Some say that Jesus is John raised from the dead. Others say that he's Elijah or another of the great prophets. John, from prison, asked him, Are you the one who is to cover? Should we look for another? Jesus has asked his disciples, whom do they out there say that I am? And then more poignantly, whom do you say that I am? Peter answers the Messiah of God, not really knowing what he's saying or the deep meaning of what he says. But in our gospel account for the day of the transfiguration, God gives the answer. In a voice of an overshadowing cloud, God says, This is my son. This is my chosen. Listen to him. This is my son. Jesus is of God. Jesus is the very essence of God. To see him, to know him, to hear him, to be encountered by him, to be in his presence, to see, know, and hear God, to be encountered by God, to be in the presence of God. This is my chosen. Jesus makes God known in ways that we can begin to understand, that we can begin to receive. People like us misunderstood God of the burning bush, misunderstood God of the still, small voice speaking beyond the earthquake, fire, and storm. Jesus, like us, misunderstood God who spoke to the prophets, Perhaps they and we can understand God with us in a person. This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. Listen to what he says. Do what he directs. Take notice of what he does. Moses and Elijah were with Jesus on that transfiguration mountain talk with him about his departure, which he would accomplish in Jerusalem. They were preparing him for his trial there, his passion, his death on a cross. And Jesus would try to prepare his disciples for the same. As the upcoming season of Lent is to prepare us for the same. Trial, passion, Death on the cross was not what the disciples or other expected of a Messiah figure. This could not and would not happen to Jesus, one of God. But Jesus knew, as we now know. many who thought that he was deranged were greater than the few who thought that he was of God. still those today. Who we think he's deranged? And some think he's of God. They would have their way, those who thought he was range, but more poignantly, they really would be working and moving in God's way. Jesus was not a pawn in their hands. He was a mover of pawns. If I may say it that way. And go back to that central question. Who is this Jesus? For us, in our situation, circumstances today in church, in the world, at home. He is Jesus who forgives. He forgives anything and everything for the asking. We're approaching, fast approaching this season of self-examination, in which we to look at what has separated us from God and neighbor himself. And during this season, we particularly ask God to remove all of it. We do every week. We're specific in this season of Lent. God removes it all for the asking. And God forgives through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Nothing is left to come between. More of that than the day we call the day of action. In terms of forgiveness, I have been forgiven time and time and time again of those things which I thought were strong, but which in fact were deadly. And of those greater things that I thought were, were, were big and large, which were nothing in comparison to the small debt of what have you been forgiven, time and time again, and all for the asking. And what have you known of the grace and mercy of love and love of God once you have accepted that forgiveness to for yourself? Who is this Jesus? He's the one who heals us body, mind, and spirit through the medical technologies that have been given today and above and beyond those technologies. Thirty-plus years ago, I was healed of an autoimmune disease, one of those diseases where my body was killing its own tissues. It was a disease akin to lupus. Which developed into something else other than. For me, it affected muscles and nerves and skin, and I got to the point where I could ha- hardly walk. If I fell down, I had to be helped up. If I sat down, I had to be helped up. Uh, lost a lot of muscle function and so forth. It took a long time to be diagnosed, with, and once I was diagnosed, I was given a great deal of prednisone over a long period of time. Finally, I went into remission. I've had more than one physician tell me, you were healed not by prednisone in in the works of any one physician. You were healed by someone other. I know the someone And so do you. Think of the times that you have been healed. Small things and large thing. It's God at work through this healer, Jesus, and through that Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Who is this Jesus? Jesus is the one who does not make our wars to cease or stop the earthquake, wind, and fire of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The one who does not stop the plague in the past, but is the one he in the midst of all that is still with us. saying to, to us and to the disciples back then, "Be not afraid. Lo, I am with you even to the end of the age." He is and has been with the fallen, the homeless, the orphan, the barely living, and the dying, and hating because he promised he would be. Not changing their situation, but changing them and changing the likes of us to respond to them. He is and has been with our brothers and sisters in Louis and Sudan in their wars and rumors of war because he promised he would be. Not changing those situations, changing people in the midst of it. Changing people to behave differently and do something other. He is and will be with us in our deliberations and advent to do church on the usual way, but in unusual way. Because he promised he would be. And already he's beginning to change us in the midst of our situations here at Advent. I've made some rather simple statements this, this morning about his presence and work among us, knowing that simple statements do not hide deep truth or deep reality. There's a deep reality and truth above and beyond what I've said, a deep in reality of forgiveness, of healing, of real presence. And that's what gets our attention. That's what gets the attention of others who would come and be with us and among us. He is why we come here to worship. He is why we fellowship. He is why we invite others to worship and fellowship with us and among us. He is truth and reality for us in our community of faith here at Advent Church. I've said it in some familiar ways this morning and there are deep truths and reality above those familiar statements. Peter confessed Jesus as Messiah. He didn't know what he was saying. There was deep truth and reality beyond that statement which Peter had to come and to know. Part of our life together at Advent Church is to discover the deep meanings of the few things that I have confessed in this sermon today. God, sealed Jesus, your chosen one, in our hearts, in our minds, and in our spirits, in our thinking, in our deliberations, in our endeavors to discover and rediscover you, and in the midst of all of that, change us from one degree of glory to another. And all the calls you have promised, you will. Amen.